get your attention, please. Woo! Yo, yo. You ready for this? Coming at you from Wicked Big Studios in Peabody, Massachusetts. Ladies and gentlemen. Sit back. Buckle up. Because you're in the happy hour with your boy. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the happy hour, guys. I am all kinds of amped up, as always, rip-roaring, ready to go. It is Tuesday night right now, and I'll tell you, guys, we had a disappointing Boston Celtics loss last night, but we're going to put that on the back burner. We'll save it for the uh, Lenny Melnick Fantasy Network tomorrow night. Tonight, we got a great guest with us, and I'll tell you what, what a story we got for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Want to let everybody know we're being brought to you by our great friends at Old School Labs. Old School Labs, the official supplement provided to the Happy Hour Social Club. And I'll tell you what, guys, you cannot do any better than that. Boom. Oatmeal cream pie protein, guys. This stuff is fantastic. You're going to want to get over there. Use promo code KINGHAP. Save yourself 15% site-wide. Guys, OldSchoolLabs.com, promo code KINGHAP. Let's have a great summer, guys. Let's get summer ready right now. Also, guys, you don't want to be missing those meals. What do I do? I get over to Nugo Nutrition. Nugo Nutrition com promo code KINGHAP20 saves 20% site-wide. Guys, they've been a, a, a fantastic sponsor of the show. I can't thank our friends over at Nugo Nutrition enough. I'll tell you, man, boom, you would do not want to miss out on them, guys. KINGHAP20 saves 20% site-wide. You want to try the dark versions. My God, they taste like um, Rice Krispie Treats dipped in some kind of dark chocolate. My God, these things are to die for, and they're good for you. No artificial sweetness, etc. I'll tell you. I am all kinds of excited tonight, and I'll tell you, you guys know me. What do I love to talk the most? I love talking martial arts. I love talking bodybuilding. I love talking Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I'll tell you what, man, I got a great story for us tonight. And I'll tell you, uh, the newly crowd, ladies and gentlemen, when I say newly crowd, I mean, we're talking a week, for God's sakes. Ladies and gentlemen, brand new black belt, just crowned. I mean, this was like two weeks ago. My man, John Burke. John, welcome to the happy hour, brother. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for that introduction, Happy. You caught me by surprise. I was ordering some of that protein for myself with that big introduction. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't help myself. But I want to thank you for taking the time to have me on and introducing me to all your friends. My pleasure. And everybody in the VIP chat room is absolutely stoked to have you here. And I'll tell you what, everyone who's listening is going to love this as well. Not only you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, but I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this man is union strong. Member, uh, active member of the uh, local four here out of Boston, correct? That's right, Bob. International Union of Operating Engineers, local four. We're a Boston-based local uh, dealing with uh, you know, crane and equipment, um, anything to do with hoisting of men and material. Been a member since 1987. I'm actually looking to retire pretty soon after. I feel like I've had a pretty distinguished career. So, um, you know, it's but uh, it's been a way of life for me and my family. And, then um, you, you know, it, uh, it's provided me with, with everything that I can have the confidence to say that I can retire. And I can retire with dignity and uh, and thank God with my health. And, I, and uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of good years of retirement. But it won't be. Uh, it's not. I'm not going to turn the switch off. I mean, I'm going to. I'm going to support it. What it is mostly happy that uh, 
you know, I'm not a zealot. I'm just an advocate of fair play. You know, yep. if uh, and that's what that's what I want to do. I'm I'm trying to advance that that type of mindset. Among, you know, amongst people, even amongst the public. You yep. know. Well, that's a that's a true martial arts type of uh, you know outlook on things. And one one of the things that I was going to say about that is not only I mean, like you say, you're you you know your union brother. I mean, you obviously have all your uh, martial arts brothers and stuff. I mean, this is basically you've made your life like a brotherhood, and I find that fantastic. And I'm happy to have you here in the happy as a happy hour social club member and VIP. But I got to ask you. So tell me this. As a young man, I mean, number one, where were you growing up, and what age was it? That my, you know, athletics, martial arts, etc. Went ahead and struck your fancy. Well, you know, I grew up in I grew up in a suburb south of uh, Boston uh, called Norwood, town of about thirty thousand. Norwood is a, uh, you know, a fledgling town even back then in the sixties. Uh, my parents were like anyone else, come out of the uh, the inner city. Uh, my father was a young executive, probably. Uh, Looking to you know to do the the normal thing that any young man would want to do have a home have a family, uh, and we moved to Norwood, which is a big big sports town, big sports town. Uh, its hockey program is legendary. Uh, all through the nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies, and its uh, its football program is outstanding and, and very few programs equal it and uh so my whole life it, it's funny that, that even you, you framed the question that way um my whole life has been based on sports yep. uh and my friends my friends that i still have today have and you know uh through all different you know twists and turns you, you know uh <clears throat> I have the same group of friends that I had since I was seven, eight years old. And we had the funnest times of our lives. And when we were young, we would be down the field, down the field. Who can kick the ball the furthest? Yeah. We heard that this other guy can do this. I'll bet we can do that. Uh, we would, we would read in the paper. This guy did that. Well, we're going to try to do that next. We base our whole life on, on lighthearted competition. And, yeah. um, and, and, and it followed us through. It, it, it followed us through. And, and, and as as kids, I always tell people, I said, I said we were uh, we were never malicious kids, but we were mischievous kids, that's for sure. But it was all based on sports, having fun, and uh, no no mouse. We were just good kids, just just trying to you know trying to be a little better. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, you, you know, you can tell that you come from an athletic background. Number one, you know, anybody who goes ahead and takes the uh, takes the road all the way to black belt, you could tell is obviously based on, uh, you know, basically competing as well as going ahead and, uh, you know, staying active. But I, so when you were younger, what was the sport of choice to stay active back then? I mean, did you go ahead and uh, I mean, back then, were you like karate, were you basketball, football? No, was so, yeah, all through grade school. I mean, I would I would just. I had great athletic uh, talent, but you know what? I always fell just a little bit short of being uh, a standout. Yeah. I uh, I was a I was a great basketball player in, in uh, when when I was young, but I was good down the field. I did I wasn't um, I just didn't have um, the upbringing or the the uh, the proper tutelage uh, to probably compete in organized basketball. Um, environment same thing with football 
hockey. I was I was just good enough to be good enough. Yep. Uh, I was never a standout, um, but I, I could compete. And, and uh, mostly um, I was able to, to be competitive through a competitive nature. You know, I was always known as like a, a, a scrappy guy, never say die type of guy. But back then when I was young, I couldn't fight my way out of a wet paper bag. Uh, I had no experience fighting. Um, I always wanted to be a better fighter. I was a fight. I was a, I was a fan of the fight game. And then in the seventies, we were fascinated with uh, you know karate movies, Bruce Lee. Yep. And it, it was just, but those were just conversations that we used to enlighten ourselves, and probably just another thing to to like uh, dream about and talk about and uh, we would get excited about as young men, you know, but uh, I never, I didn't pursue any type of um, any type of training at all. Um, I, and, you know, like you said before, I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt just recently promoted. Um, but uh, I didn't stop training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu until I was 50. Wow. 50 years 50 old. Years old. I love it, man. Old. I'll tell you. 50 years old starting out. I'll tell you, so that shows that shows there's still hope for me to get that black belt. So I got to keep trucking along. And I, I, one of these days I'm coming on here, I'm going to wear it every time, every night when I'm on the air, when I get that, to that's black. That's right. And that's how you feel about it. So even even like when you were saying, you, you said like, you know, what was my journey? And that, that's exactly what it, so, uh, so as I grew older, you know, um, we were always lifting weights. We started lifting weights. It's funny in in one of our neighbors' backyards. They nice. had they built a shed, and and I look back at it. How could they have stood teenagers walking in and out of their yard? There were no gyms back then. Half the yep. old gym wasn't present. There was no organized gyms. There was like a YMCA, or you know, but not nothing like that. This was the early seventies. And there was there was neighbors of ours. Uh, their their son was a little bit older. We all pitched in and bought a, a weight set. They built a, a shed. Don't you know we were in their backyard? We, we took over their backyard every and day. I right? God, I thank God for them. The name the, the their names were the Civitonis. The Civitonis. They were from Norwood, and I bless them for their patience of of uh, you know what love they must have had for kids. Because we 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 ruined their backyard. We were in there, make, causing a ruckus. They probably might, maybe maybe they had all the good intentions of the world, but maybe every once in a while they wanted a day off. You know. Yeah, and, but hey, back then I'm sure you didn't want too many days off yourself. I can tell you, our good friend uh, Ed Con is he actually he's been on the show, and uh, I still keep in touch with him to this day. But sure. he's actually the gentleman who started Gold's Gym, and uh, that's when gyms took off. But before that, they were few and far between. I mean, besides every prison, you could find them there. But besides prison, they were tough to find. Um, one of the uh, one of the other things I was going to say about this. So you start weightlifting at an early age. I, you know, you you know, you seeing the movies out there, and I'll tell you, that's one of the things that got me started on when I was a younger guy. The uh, Karate Kid, all the Bruce Lee movies, and then that's when like the John Claude Van Damme movies all this started getting. So I mean, it was pretty. You know, I was thinking this is pretty badass back then. I didn't think that I'd end up in there with uh, training with guys that you know fighting the UFC and all this on TV. I mean, uh, you've truly been blessed to have some of the uh, greatest teammates. In 
and stuff around me. Yeah, uh, isn't, isn't that all true? You know, and everybody got that little bit. We, but like even back then, the Bruce Lee movies they were only shown in the city in the in the theater dr- district. So uh, I can remember going to the Aska Theater on a Saturday afternoon. It's up on Tremont Street outside the uh, the Boston Common. But but in typical fashion of me and my friends, it was going to see that movie was part of the adventure. We would go on the bus. We would take the Orange Line. You know, we we thought we'd been around the block. We knew this, we knew that, and we're in the inner city. Within the we 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 never saw, um, you know, what we were seeing. We were we were from the mean streets of Norwood, you know. Yep. And uh, and then you know we saw the various social strata, and um, it was an eye opener. And but so that in itself heightened the fact that when we got to the movie, we were enthralled with Bruce Lee. <laughs> And, um, you know, and the weightlifting aspect of it, and we constantly, you know, like in, at Norwood, we had what was called the Norwood Civic Center. So we all went up there. We shot hoops. We played field, uh, street hockey. But there was, a, there was a couple of serious fighters come out of there. They're world famous. Fred Roach, the great Fred Roach out of Dedham. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a teenager. He was, he was, uh, he worked on the Norwood Civic Center. The great Mike Pusateri, who was a heavyweight, New England heavyweight, he was, he was a phenom. He was on the undercard with Rocky Marciano many times. So they would be up there teaching a boxing program. So we were always around the, the atmosphere of this stuff, competing. Uh, we heard this guy did this, so we wanted to either witness it or surpass it. And um, then when we became older, and, and that's how my jujitsu journey started. I, you know, we, we became older. My friends, they got married. They went elsewhere, this, that. But I continued to remain physically active, yep. lifting weights. I was a power lifter. I, I, I had won um, I had many contests in, in the local area competed a lot, and then even got older. And then one night, and this is how this last leg of this journey started, I was flipping through the channels, and I saw a fight, a UFC fight on TV. Matt Hughes in a championship match with Carlos Newton. Newton, yes, I remember that yeah, fight. But, right? I saw that fight, and I, I was – so after the fight – and 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 also you, you know the my background we you know we were enthralled with professional wrestling we loved these guys we, you know we Bruno San Martino first person ever bench press five hundred pounds anything that had to do with an ex- exhibition of strength agility or mental toughness we were into it so I saw that fight and at the end rather than a bunch of crazy jumping around. I was so impressed with the demeanor of both fighters. I turned to my wife. I said, I need to be involved in that sport. Yeah. I need to be involved in that sport. And that's what started my jujitsu journey at, at the age of 50. I, um, I did some research. I talked to a bunch of people. Don't you know, I, there was a gym. Ten miles from my house, I walked in. I saw a friend I hadn't seen in thirty years. 
That's all. And so right then, I, I said it's almost like all the puzzle pieces are fitting. And uh, and then we started from there. Yeah. What was Where was it that you actually started your, I mean, and anybody here who, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, he trains out of the lab in Dedham, which, I mean, uh, you know, he, he fights under Brett O'Terry, well, trains under Brett O'Terry, who's a, I mean, former, uh, you know, Bellator, you know, ultimate fight, you know, this 100%. guy. I think he has like 27 pro fights. I, I didn't fact check that one, but I, I know he has over 20. He has 20 and up professional MMA fights. So the man is well-versed in, in jiu-jitsu as well. And to go to, I know that you train there now at the lab, which I mean, there's some killers coming yeah. out of there, which oh, is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Where did it yeah, start? So, please. Uh, my first, the, the, my, the first academy I ever trained at was, um, I trained under Professor John Connors who was just, uh, he, I knew John when he was a teenager. I, I, I had met him at a gym in Dedham. He was a, a nice, polite young, young man at the time. He, uh, and, um, and we, we shared some nice to get nice time together in the gym. And don't, you know, 30 years later, I walk in and there he is in the gym. That's and awesome. it was like, it, yeah, it was, uh, like we, like, we we were good friends, and um, it was it was like I hadn't even did no time had lapsed, and um, that's where I started my training at Connors MMA and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in Norwood, where there was uh, a lot of big fighters come out of there. I, I mean, the MMA and Jiu Jitsu programs were just off and running with the yacht with the the, the uh, going national with the UFC, the Fighter House, the UFC Fighter House was the yep. big kickoff with so many stars that, that were like household names. And so I got into it right when the wave was not even crescent. It was on the way up. And uh, I received a lot of good training there. I made a lot of good friends there. I think of anything I received at the, at the, uh, at Connors MMA, it was um, so many allies that I made yep. that uh, took an interest in me and, um, and, and, and don't you know, just like everything else, we're all still friends today. Yeah, and that's, that's John Connors as well. Yep, a Brazilian, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu friend or a martial arts friend, usually they end up friends for life. And that's that's basically how it is. It's a loyalty thing. And you know what? The people that are there for the same reason you are, you automatically have the same interest. They work. It usually works out great. They get it. They get it, Hap. Yep. They get it. They, they understand what it takes. They understand what it took to get there. They understand what it took to get through the day. You just dragged your ass all through 8, 10 hours, 12 hours. You drove through traffic, and then you're at the gym. That's meaningful to somebody who gets it. Yes. Who gets it. They get your life. You know, you, you, they get life. I mean, yep. because, you, you know, you, you, might, you might show up at, uh, at the gym down the street and lift a few weights, and you say, listen, i got to go home. I'm tired. You say, you tell me you're tired. Well, if you show up at a six o'clock open mat, and I and you're in a construction-related field, I know you're tired. Yes, you're here. You're not just showing up. You're there at six o'clock. I know what that takes, and that's different. The guys know it. Yep. Speaking of being tired, and speaking of uh, pulling through on the mats, guys. Not only does this journey start at fifty years old, but we got some speed bumps along the way. We're going to talk about these speed bumps in just a second. What we're going to do? We're going to take one brief break. We got some more time here with my buddy John. I'll tell you what, guys. John Burke, MMA. This man, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. And I'll tell you what. We got to talk about the speed bumps on this journey to 
black belt. We're coming back right after this very brief right. message, guys. Make sure you oh. do me a favor. Guys, stick around. Boom. Hey guys, today's episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the world's greatest hydration drink, and the best part is, it's good for you. Liquid IV is taking care of the Happy Hour Social Club members with 25% off. Guys, that is a great deal. Promo code KINGHAP will save you 25%. They have great all-new flavors like guava, apple pie, watermelon, pina colada, strawberry, and the new Happy Hour-inspired tangerine. All these flavors are refreshing and delicious. Promo code KINGHAP will save you 25%. And speaking of refreshing and delicious, back to your host of the happy hour, KINGHAP. Oh yeah, guys. Guys, know it. Liquid IV. You gotta get over there. The summertime has started. You're gonna wanna stay hydrated. If you're working down the union, if you're rolling some BJJ, or if you're just out there in the sunshine enjoying yourself, you're gonna wanna make sure you got a little bit of liquid IV with you. All natural. Good for you guys. You can keep drinking that Gatorade crap. That stuff is like Windex. Put it down. LiquidIV.com. Promo code King Hat. Boom. 25% off site wide. I love it. Oh, and you know what else I love and I miss terribly is the mats. Now, you, John, you go ahead. You start you started off here. You got your journey moving. You move, you know, you, you're at your school, you're training. You know, your belt process is moving along. And yep. then uh at some point, and I'm going to have you tell me when, you get you, you get that call, and, and the phone call comes in, a life-changing phone call for some, and, yeah. um, you know, obviously a, a very big complication in life for you as well. Before we even get into that, what, what when the phone call comes in, what belt are you at at this point? I'm a, I'm a, uh, I am a blue belt. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm probably about three years into my journey, I'm a blue belt. Um, there was, it, it was actually it was a hard road to get the blue belt. I I was dividing my time between uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and MMA. Yep. Um, I was so I wasn't in the gym totally uh, devoted to uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but I, yet I wasn't totally devoted to to MMA. I had uh, you, you know, I had been training for an MMA fight. Um, you, you know, the coach at the academy said, yeah, we, we can get you something. But then I find myself too, a little bit too busy at work. Uh, I'm letting down my training partners. And um, then I say, I can't devote myself. I can't devote myself totally. I Work has to come first. Uh, yet, I, I really want to accomplish... Uh, I, I it, it was it was a goal, yep. and so don't so my it recharted, it 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 sent back my hardcore uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu training because I was bridging the gap. I was I was I was employing the term mixed martial arts. Yes, um, and and it wasn't until after this event that we're talking about that I that we're about to speak of. I'm sure that that I. Uh, that I totally devoted myself into the, the advancement of, of my uh, 
BJJ training. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I'll tell you what happened with me was I was I, I can remember Tuesdays and Thursday nights were torture. I was doing I uh, start the night off in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu with Professor Ben Murphy, good friend of yours as well as mine. Yes, yes and then, the best. Crew John Johnston, I'd move over for some Muay Thai and Krav Maga, and then I'd leave there, I'd go home, take a shower, and I had men's league basketball right afterwards. And I'll tell yeah. you, man, that was after yeah. working 10 hours in the, in the pharmaceutical industry. So Tuesdays and Thursdays used to be like going for a root canal. And next, on Wednesdays right. and Fridays, forget about it. I was as sore right. as it came. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God for Old School Labs Protein, promo code KINGHAP, 15% off. And, and, and I got to tell you, Liquid IV got me through many, many a long day myself. I have, I, you know, if I was was feeling a little down i grab a i grab a little bit and, and just the thought of having it there with me did it you know great it gave, me, it, it gave me that boost to get me through these those tough nights the good thing about it it gives you that hydration it's also delicious what is it delicious though is the phone call that follows correct yes that well you know what so and and that just did happen um so how do you frame that type of stuff what we're referring to is i i went in the year 19 um Excuse me, 2000, um, 2014, 2015, I, uh, just my simple, uh, my, uh, uh, my, my yearly physical, which, uh, you know, I, I'm an advocate of, uh, you, you take a good look around what's going on. Uh, I, I am fit. I've always been physically fit and uh, I want the numbers to prove it. I want the numbers to prove it. And if there's something I can improve upon, that's what I. That's what I want to do. I, I use it as just like, uh, where are we at year to year, and uh, and I submitted to that, and um, and don't you know like I just got a little card in the mail, a little index card that indicated a little bit of my blood work. It showed the slightest bit. Is uh, the doctor made a little handwritten note? This is a little off something we might want to consider looking revisiting in 90 days and um it, it was like anything else happening you know i i i've had a couple of tough uh, breaks in life you know come from the long side of the tracks yep. everyone's got a story yep. everyone's got a story you know i mean but if you've got a story it's legit it's legit to you but i did but i i always i always said you know what nothing's gotten crazy in my life yet, you know? And, uh, you know, we, uh, I submitted to another blood test and, and, um, and don't, you know, I, and, you know, I got the word in the doctor called me in for an interview and, and I indeed, I was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, uh, and that's tough. And uh, basically, um, from what from what I from what I know, and I'm gonna, hey, I, I can go right to the horse's mouth here. I'm gonna get okay. the answers from you. But from what is, uh, they find it, it's stage three, and from your words, inoperable. Is that correct? It's correct. It's uh, inoperable in the fact that you know I'm a in in in, in my. Uh, my role as an as an operating engineer, I'm a mechanic. Okay, I'm a, I, I work on cranes, tower cranes, and, and things like that. And that's what I do. And I uh, and that you know, and it's been you know, you I'm relying on the doctor to tell me I need him to give me his his uh, expertise because we're well beyond mine. Yes, stage three in the term inoperable because I just told him I go I don't care locate it and let's cut it out. it out yeah and uh and 
But don't you know life is not that simple? You could be my twin brother. We could have the twin. We could have the exact same diagnosis, and it's approached in two different ways. Yeah. It um. So it hap- What what happens when when you get this type of work? All it is uh, this type of uh, feedback. What happens is it um. It becomes more of a game of information. I mean, I wasn't feeling bad. I felt good. Um, and uh, so my wife and I, we started soliciting. Uh, we needed to know what exactly were we dealing with. Yeah. And you know what the biggest problem in a lot of the people, you know, in the chat room or out there, they, I'll bet they're shaking their head the same thing. Nobody seems to have any answers, Hap. I say, okay, what are we going to do? I'm not sure just yet. Yeah. I go, well, what if you cut it out? Are there any side effects? No. Well, there might be. Well, um, do you think you'd be able to operate? Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, and that's the problem, Hap. So, um, and that's where we were as a family for over a year and a half. We interviewed surgeons. We interviewed uh, pathologists. We interviewed... uh, Radiologists, I bet, you know, and, and, and it touched off, it lights a fuse. You get bone scans, brain scans, blood work, x-rays, MRIs, arthroscopic uh, exploratory surgeries. Meanwhile, uh, trying to maintain, um, you know, some some um, sanity, some, uh, I mean, I'm... I'm I'm, I'm a father of two, two young girls, uh, a stepfather of two young girls. I can't go to pieces. I'm the leader of this house. Yep. I'm, I'm the man in this home. I'm the man in, in my immediate family. Um, and, and my sisters are now worried. My mother's older, worried about her son. You have to remain. Yep. You have to put other people ahead of yourself because if you start going to pieces... You can bet they're gonna. Yep, fake it till you make it. Even if you gotta, right? You gotta just gotta make you have sure. To. You have to. You have to have. I mean, and that's what you have to do. So my, um, I didn't have a plan, you know. Yeah. But you know, I, I formulated it. What I, I kind of, I even anytime I'm I'm confronted with a big problem, I say, listen, we'll 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 figure the problem, and then we'll you give me a part of the problem. We'll just make a big pile of clay. And then after I bring in your expertise and his and this, we'll start sculpting. And at the end, we'll have a, we'll have a statue that's going to give us the, uh, the, it's going to give us the answers. Before you can stop building though, things start to get ripped down. Now, my questions, my questions are basically going to be on the treatment here because you end up going for chemotherapy, which is never pleasant ever. I mean, that's correct. And yeah, my my first question about it is: at any point during chemotherapy or the interviews of the surgeons, etc., did you ever think to yourself, "This is it. I'm in deep shit." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and you know, we've all seen the movies, right? Remember the movies you see when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. You know. He beat cancer. He did. You know what? You might think you're a tough guy, and then there's so many tough guys out there, but you can tell yourself, I'm going to will this. I'm going to beat this. But you're not. Yeah. You are going to submit. 
you are going to find out what is best for you. You're going to make the decision what's best for your family. You are going to make the decision that, that's going to benefit you monetarily. How can you get back to work? These are all factors. It takes months and months and months of sleepless nights. Um, and and um, I, I, I originally opted for a surgery. Um, and we, through months and months of interviews and research, my wife was tireless with the research. We got the best possible person in the country we submitted to the surgical procedure. Three months later, they wanted to say, they said, let's take a look. We took, they took an MRI. And the only words it could be was, we know you were hoping for good news. But there, there certainly wasn't any. I was in a worse spot than before. Damn. So, so I just immediately said, you know what, then we, then we need to know, we need to just go right back. And then that's when the decision was made. They said, we're beyond anything that so happy. I was full on chemo 11 days later. Oh, and that's crazy. And a lot of people here know they've had friends, relatives, and you know, themselves. Who have they touched? Who? Yeah. Who? And one of the things is about this now is, uh, and this is uh, something that I find amazing is as you continue on with your chemotherapy now, obviously you're having, you know, the complications and stuff from it. Yeah. It's not exactly pleasant as everybody no. knows, but you always continue to love and push on your Brazilian jiu-jitsu journey. I mean, I have a quote here from somebody uh, in the uh, field that just basically says, you were taking the, you were taking the chemotherapy and leaving and going directly to training, etc. Now, at what point, did, I mean, did you think to yourself, this kid, you know, if these guys on the mat ain't going to kill me, this cancer ain't. And I mean, was that something that kept you pushing? Because I'll tell you, you know, I'd be with the guy who goes, eh, you know, I'm not really feeling up to it tonight. You know, I'm, yeah. a, you know, but to go there and actually continue to train, I mean, impressive to say the least. But what was the mindset that you had when you decided to get back to the gym, back on the mats, and you're yeah. out there immediately after chemotherapy? Huge question. A huge question. Yeah, and 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 like. And, and, and like and like I said previously, like some guys, like they may they may say in the movies, I said I'm not gonna do this. It was nothing like that. Yep. I, uh, I I tried to contemplate what was the best way to do this. I was on a, a chemo and hormone replacement program to retard the growth of this this particular um, cancer. Sixty days into that, I started a, a high grade radiation program. Uh, I had to submit to radiation every single day. Yikes. In the day in the father in Boston. I work in Boston. Yep. So I said, I can't have, I can't drive home. I can't have my wife drive me in. Have her, so I said, the only way to do this is for me to go to work every day. On my way home, schedule my radiation treatments for a time I can get there. Schedule me for that. I'll get out of work. On my ride home, I'll go to the gym. And and then after that, I'll go home. And the reason being, I had a lot of eyes on me, half 
Yep. They were saying, you know, um, and all I said is, listen, it's just like anything else. You got to cut the grass. Might as well do it now. Yep. Um, uh, and, and my friends were so supportive. So, and, and, and there's one part of this that, you know, it'll probably ring home. It's going to encapsulate everything you asked me for, uh, asked me about. And it's going to say it all right here. That so one particular night, you know, you, you know, you submit to these uh, radiation treatments and it's, uh, it's not easy. You go there, you have to prepare yourself, uh, mentally. Yeah. Uh, you park, you get there and you park in a, um, this particular night I was six stories underground in the patient parking. It was in January. It was cold, you know, 10 degrees out. I parked in a dimly lit area. There was water pouring into a crack in the foundation. And I looked at my surroundings. And I just shook my head and said, how did it wind up here? Wow. How could it get worse than this? And I, uh, you know, and I just, and I broke down crying for a little, it popped out. And I figured I needed it because it was, uh, it is a long time coming. And I shook it off. I composed myself, and by the time I got to the elevator half, I just took a deep breath. I went upstairs. I prepared myself for this ardu- another arduous day of radiation, which is not easy. I can imagine. Uh, mentally or physically. And I said, you need to present yourself with dignity and go to pieces it's not going to help. It's not going to help. So uh, I shook it off. By the time I got to the to the to uh, the radiation department, I was ready to just knock off another round. Man. Yep. And yeah, basically holding it together for yourself, but you're also holding it together for everybody else as well. You don't want to let them see you like this, right? It's it's not it's not a tough guy thing. It's not a thing. You know, I'm a dignified man. I'm a I'm a, a lot of people depend on me. Uh, uh, you know, and 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 not only that happen, and it'll happen. And, and everyone in the audience tonight, they're gonna they're, like once again, they're gonna be shaking their heads. They're gonna remember, you have a cancer patient in your family or in the or in the inner circle. Yep. That person walks in. Everybody starts hushing talking to each other how's he feeling how's he doing and then you say i am right here yeah right here and if you're gonna go to pieces they're gonna go to pieces because you know what it is i'm setting an example of uh of, of how to conduct yourself and they say if it can happen to him they go oh my god not not the disease but if you're gonna lose it you, you have a lot at stake. You have a yep. lot at stake, Cap. And, and you have to be mindful of that. And, it's, and a you lot know, of people dependent on you. Yep. And, you know, a lot of people don't have the uh, don't have the luxury of having great people behind them. 
something you had. I mean, you had your, your family there, your teammates, you know, your union brothers. So, I mean, you had a great support system technically in place. Still extremely difficult. Still a mountain that I cannot believe anybody could climb on their way to yeah. getting a black belt because, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this, they don't do just give those away. That's a difficult mountain to climb. And, I mean, everybody here, they, they're, they're familiar with Professor Ben Murphy. He's been on the show a couple times with me, obviously. And, uh, you know, they don't just give these away. So you got to actually tough this out and get there. And one of the accomplishments you had along the way, and this, my goodness, I mean, I don't know. I I want to vomit here in this, but is this, tell me if this is accurate here, because this comes from somebody else. I mean, you won a competition on the same day as chemotherapy. Holy crap. Yeah. Am I crazy? Well, Am I reading this right? So, so yeah, so I, I, I won't, you know, I entered my first contest, my first tournament, 50, say, 57 days after uh, an invasive surgery. And, um, and no, you know, it, uh, we, it, that was the Boston Open in 2017. And um, I was lucky enough to come out on top in that, in, in, in that contest. And, and, and um, I was looking forward to my next lawn. So uh, I was progressing to my uh to my treatments at the time. So just the dynamic of, of cancer treatment is um, they identify what, what uh, these, this particular cancer cell eats, what it sustains upon. So what they'll do is uh, they'll arrest that through um, uh, chemical drugs, hormone replacement. Yep. They do whatever they can to, 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 with, to take the food away from this cancer that's growing, that's growing inside you, so they'll deprive it of nourishment. So once that time they've determined that, that the time is opportune, that is when they'll move in with the radiation program, and then the, on a weakened cancer cell, they'll hit it with high-grade radiation and hopefully eradicate it. So my situation was I knew that the radiation program was coming, it's debilitating. Yep. It's mentally a grind. So I uh, I looked in the future. I saw a contest that was available. I said, I'm going to enter this contest. It's going to be my last one um, until this this, uh, this this problem's out of the way. And uh, don't you know, uh, unfortunately, they, they were monitoring me. Well, you know, they were monitoring me pretty well with my, my, uh, my blood counts. They accelerated my radiate the start of my radiation program. They said we we need to start you a lot quicker than we thought. You're going to have to start on Saturday. I said, and but in my mind, I knew I was entering a contest that particular day. So uh, I came in for a mock trial on Friday. I told them I was ready to go. We went in on Saturday morning. Uh, I endured the treatment. They uh, they did a little bit of blood work. They said, you know, we'd like you to stay over. And um, I said, but you know what? I'm not prepared to stay over. I don't even have a toothbrush. You know, uh, I don't even have They, I said, I'll go home and come back. And they forbid me from driving. Um, I said, but my wife is here. She'll drive me. And they said, and, you know, and I'm an adult. And they said, okay, but we trust you. Don't go outside the car. Don't go in a store. Don't go anywhere. Go get your stuff and come back. This is unusual, but we're going to trust you. I said, well, thank you. I'll be right back. So uh, my wife and I, we went down to Providence. 
I beat up a couple of guys in a in a uh, in a tournament, and uh, don't you know we uh, we went back and and um, and submitted to just uh, a cursory <laughs> overnight stay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a reward! What a reward for winning a tournament! But unbelievable, my man. They tell you, yeah, don't go nowhere around other people. To go home, get your toothbrush, and come yeah. back. Quick stop in, win a tournament, and then you know, sayonara, goodbye, and you go back and you're given. That's unbelievable, man. It's I mean, all in the life, right? All in the life. You know, it's too and, it, and it doesn't make me a tough guy. It doesn't. Make, it makes me a man, a, a man of conviction. It's like half. Uh, you know, you tell me you stubbed your toe and you want to sit down. I say take a break. But if you tell me an hour later it's still hurting you, I said we got to get on with this, right? Yeah. I mean, we. In, 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 at what point in time do you say to yourself, "I"? Because when that point in time comes for you or for someone else, I can't do it. You, you know, if you say you can't, you can't. If you say you can, you can. Yep. So I mean, you don't have to be a Superman. But uh, as soon as you tell yourself it's okay to lay down on the sofa. That's where you're going to end up. Next. You're on the sofa at that point, right? I mean, What's next? What's yep. next? You can't get up next? You can't. What, what's next? What are you going to give up on next? Yeah. And it's no Herculean. It's just the old one foot in front of the other one day at a time. Absolutely. I mean, you set goals, you got to stick to them. And as you start to go before now, before now, just like hey guys, if you guys that don't know, this was, I believe, was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago that you were actually giving your bra, black belt and, you know, they had a great ceremony. Uh, Cy, yes. you know, Cyborg guy was the one that gave it to you. I know Professor Ben Murphy was there, Brett O'Terry yes. down the line. That was that was two weeks ago, correct? Two weeks ago on, on May the 21st at, at the uh, Combat Fight Sports, the lab at Lambert's Plaza in Westwood. And what a time. Um, I My friend, um, Professor Jeff Powers, who was always, always an advocate for me, he took time for me. Um, in, my, in the last two years, you know, I, I've been working 80 hours a week, and he would uh, extend his schedule to accommodate me. Uh, I happened to bump uh, the, the academy that I was training at previous. They didn't have a, they had good, great hours, great yep. hours, a full schedule, but they didn't accommodate the schedule that I had. I was starting work at three o'clock in the morning. I was coming home at four o'clock. Uh, I was training as much as I could with my friends who were accommodating me, high level friends, and uh, I was staying, but I wasn't in a structured program. Uh, Brett, uh, Brett O'Terry, um, reached out and he said, listen, listen, if you can get interest, what time can you make it? And I told him 345 works best for me. And he told, and he told Professor Jeff Powers, if you can draw interest, he goes, start a 345 class. And don't, you know, there's a lot of guys, blue collar guys like myself. They can't, they can't get out of work in the city, drive all the way home change your clothes, come all the way back, get in some training, and then get home. So we uh, we accommodated a lot of people. Um, and, 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 and Brett O'Terry, uh, and so, yes, I was promoted on, on May the 21st to Professor Brett O'Terry, the awesome. owner of the lab, Combat Fight Sports, in conjunction with Cyborg, 13-time world champion, the guy's a savage. Beast, total uh, beast. beast. Uh, and so I tell people that particularly there was so much interest that day, so many people coming because um, of the, the 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 streets were buzz, you know, and you know, and you know, with Cyborg being present, that would be like being down the 
the field throwing the ball around on Tom Brady's shoulder. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Equivalent. Yep. And one other thing I wanted to touch on that I don't know if uh, I don't even know if this was accurate then, but when Jeff Powers was, uh, you know, you started to go and, you know, training with him, at, you know, like at the times you were available. He's also actually, to my knowledge, he's also actually a registered nurse, correct? Where having somebody with a medical background on the uh, match with you is probably a bonus. I mean, I must have made you feel a little bit more at home, no? High-level high black belt, high-level black belt, um, and he's a he's a dedicated healthcare professional. He's been uh, I trained with him for years, and, and don't you know, like the compassion. Uh, I can remember, you know, and I was enduring cancer treatment at the time, and like, and uh, he would say we, we would go to demonstrate like a knee on belly technique. Oh. And he goes, I'm not going to use you. You just—he was always mindful of my situation. But I said, I said, we need to get beyond that, you know. But he was so cognizant of what I had going on. He and and that's how I was able to advance. He he understood what my needs were. He was uh, a good friend to me, a good professor to me, and um, he dedicated a, a lot of time and and. Um, and and he at whatever time I donated it, he I would I could cut my black belt in, in half and and he could rightfully claim half of it. What a, what an honor to have you say that about him. I'm sure for him as a as a high level black belt here in somebody needs that. to be recognized for any contribution they make to another person's well being. Absolutely, and I'll tell you, like I said, knowing that he's a uh, medical professional must have been fantastic when you were on the mats. And it uh, certainly was. Yeah, it certainly was. And one of the Gave me a level of security, and um, and 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 to know the interest that he was showing in me, and and, and I that's how I was able to progress with the bandit, but control the bandit. Yep. You know, as you know, as you know. Awesome. And as we spoke about earlier with the local four and everything, as you start to wind down, I know you want to hang them up and, you know, you know, basically is the, is the end game after, you know, uh, local four, are you thinking that, you know, you're going to go ahead and uh, obviously you're always have that union blood, but are you going to maybe uh, take it to the mats and be, uh, start doing more and more uh, teaching because you started, you know, assisting more when you were a brown belt from uh, my, my knowledge, but now that yes. you're a black belt moving forward, do you think that something that's going to be a little bit of uh retirement sanity is that going to keep you yeah, sure. it, it, you know it's just so so i started teaching and and everyone everyone said to me like after my first class they go wow how you become such a good teacher i said because i've been to enough city classes <laughs> you know so that's how i knew how to how to teach a good class but um and and professor O'Terry from combat fight sports uh you know, he outlined to me, he know I, I've known Brett O'Terry for years. I followed him through the fight game, high-level MMA fighter, yep. um, high-level uh, black belt professional bodybuilder. There's nothing this guy hasn't done in the competition world. The guy loves to compete. and But he, but it, don't you know, he, he has a lot of these old-school values. He bows to get on to the mat. Yes. He, uh, he has some standards. It's not just like you know, he uh, did the, one of the parts of the program, they, they watch your attendance, your consistency. Oh, yeah. Where other people, every once in a while, a guy might come out and say, oh, by the way, this is for you, and give him a promotion. Uh, you know, at the, at the Combat Fight Sports in, uh, in, in Westwood, they don't give it away. So uh, uh, Brett O'Terry, he intimated to me, he said, you need to start teaching. That's the last leg of the journey. 
because you have to be able to command the respect of the men, uh, of well, the men and women. Can, can you conduct a class? He goes, I know you can fight. He goes, but can you teach other people to fight? And so um, that's when, that's how I started teaching. And then don't you know, um, you know, I've developed a pretty good following of my own. They call it in my class is called the executive hour. <laughs> you might, there might be a couple of, a couple of older guys in there and, uh, and you know, they, they have a comfort level with me of course. and, um, they call it the, the, the executive hour. And, 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 um, and now that my black belt, um, I, I've been promoted, I, I don't find myself having the need to say, Hey, listen, I'm going to stop because it has so much value for me to stay mainstream. Uh, I, uh, I'm training as well. These people, I'm helping them progress. I'm in the gym. I'm out getting fresh air. I'm not in bed. Yep. It, it's just the value of physical fitness. You do not have to be training at a black belt level as you get older. Your only opponent is yourself. Yes. You, you need to do something for yourself. You bet. Number one, I always say what I say in uh, you know the, the personal training world and also as a nutrition coach under the legendary Mike Dolce, uh, one of the things I always say is 1% better than yesterday. So I always tell everybody, your competition isn't the guy on the mat trying to tap you out. Your competition isn't the weights. Your competition is yourself. And if, ever, if you can be 1% better than you were yesterday, you've made an improvement and you're on your way. That's basically how I look at things. Kind of sounds like you kind of have the same outlook. Correct. You have to. You have to have. I mean, there's so many obstacles. There's so many obstacles to your well-being out there. We got this craziness in the news. This guy did this. This guy did that. That's about to happen. That might happen. And it, it, you know. And let's just go with the action. You want to be a little bit better today? Get up, make your bed. Make up. You know, one on your way out. Check on your neighbor. Make sure everyone in your life is doing okay. And go out and do something. Better your own life. And, and you know what? It doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot to keep your mental stability and be able, because the stronger you are mentally, the, the muscles can come and, yep. and, and whatever. Like and we were talking about your opponent. Well, you know, people will say, like, I'm, I'm fighting tonight or, or I'm competing. I said, well, you know what? You're my hero because you're there. You committed to be there. You committed to training for it. You drove there. You are there. And um, that, if you can conquer that, I mean, the, the, the fighting part. It's half the battle. You're right. And the, you know, when you walk in, who cares what happens in the fight? You've already conquered everything else. I love it. Who cares? Who cares? Nobody, nobody that has respect for you. The respect comes from the fact that you are there, that you put it out there. You yep. put it on the line. And, you know, what are you, what are you going to, like, you, you know, like, I, I can remember, if, like, in the schoolyard, I saw people viciously, you know, as a young, as a young boy, viciously going at each other, you know, and, and that's what fighting was to me when I was a young man, people hurting each other. Yeah. Um, and then, but we've seen how many tough guys do we see come in the gym? Oh, they're going to, Oh, I did this. Oh, I yeah. did that. You know what? They can leave it outside because, because some humility is coming your way. 
And you know what's funny is I noticed that too. And Professor Ben Murphy, same thing. And I, you know, I know I keep bringing up Ben, but when I'm in his, when, when when we're training, somebody walks in and you know they just got that wrong attitude. No. You know, there's always a good there's always a good teammate in the room that knows how to show them the ropes. And uh, you know, basically, the martial art itself is what teaches you to go ahead and be a good uh, martial artist. Correct? Oh, it's hundred percent. You can see the guy comes in. That you know what it is, it's uh, it, it's the old we 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 could coin a million different saying. Yep. You come in, you tell me you did this, you did that, but you know what? What's we'll we, we use the old saying: an empty pail makes the most noise. Yep. Right. It's true. Wow. You know, uh, and you say, listen, man, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you you've had all those victories because I'm anxious for you to show me. But but you know what? A person that that's of a decent mindset, they understand that they're out of their element, and they try to apply themselves. and And you know what? In the gym atmosphere, I don't ever. Professor Murphy will tell you the same. Brett or Terry or anybody who's run a gym before will say they've all had bad actors come in. Yeah, yeah. They, never need to be dismissed. They never need to be thrown off because you know what it is? They leave on their own because they understand that their foul attitude, their foul outlook on life, it makes them a foreigner amongst good people. And they leave and they just fade away because they can't overcome whatever it is that's bothering them. But But if they feel that they could just humble themselves a little bit, and you'd probably find their life would get a little bit better. Yep, I'll tell you. And, you know, the martial, like I said, the martial art itself seems to correct a lot of these things. And, you know, you see the, the bad people just leave because they weren't there for the right reasons. Anybody who goes ahead, steps onto a mat someplace like an ironclad martial arts, Wilmington, Massachusetts, the lab out in Westwood, Mass. You know, when you go to an establishment like this, that's when you walk in and you almost tap out at the door. You know, I, I give and I'm here to learn. And you know what? It, it, I've been tapped out by women. I've been tapped out by people younger than me, older than me. The truth is, it is my honor to go ahead and compete with some of the people and, you know, to have them go ahead and, you know, teach me. I learned something every time I roll. And I, like I said, I can't wait. And, I, and I'll tell you what, I learned a ton tonight. And I really appreciate you, big man, coming here to the Happy Hour Social Club and telling everyone your story. Well, happy you know what? Just, just the fact that they were out there looking for you know, we're, there's so much good news. There's so much good news to be had, but there's so much bad news, and the bad news always seems to win out, and that's what's getting the attention of everybody nowadays. We all need a feel-good story, right? You no know? doubt. I mean, I, I mean, on the other hand, Ben, like, let's think about the. Uh, excuse me. Um, yeah, the. The guys that come in the gym, they're a humble. They 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 just want it. They just want a little, little live a little bit of a better life. So they'll see a guy like uh, like you could tell by who's more prominent in the gym. They might get matched up. And one of the things they'll always say is, "Hey, hey, you got to take it easy on me. Uh, it's my first night." And and you know what? <clears throat> you know what I I always say. I said, but guess what? I had my first night too, and so did Mike Tyson. Oh yeah, and so did Muhammad Ali, and so did Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
they all had their first day in the gym and they're feeling the way that you feel. But the best part for you, I tell them, is that I know how you're feeling and it's gonna and you're gonna be just fine. And don't you know that that usually gets us a second that coming through the door for a second night? Unbelievable. It's a hundred percent right. And I'll tell you, guys, I could go all night. I'll tell you, but I'll tell you what, John's time is money. He's got the man's working down the union. He's teaching, he's training. This man is an animal. And I'll tell you, I couldn't be happy to have had you on as a guest, big man. It's that time of the night, ladies and gentlemen, it is last call. Last call, as always, brought to you by our friends at Clearwater Distillery, the official top shelf alcohol of the Happy Hour Social Club, and the most delicious small batch alcohol on planet Earth today. Promo code KINGHAP will give you 10% off site-wide, $100, we'll ship it to you free of charge. Guys, get on over to Clearwater Distillery. They are absolutely so good to the show. And I'll tell you what, I want to give a quick thank you, Professor Ben Murphy, Professor Brett O'Terry for sending us this fantastic, uh, uh, our new fantastic teacher out there at the lab. I mean, big man, tell me something. It's last call. What do you got for the Happy Hour Social Club members? Where can they find you? Should they want to train with you? Where they got to go? Tell us, what do you got? So why don't we... Why don't we check the schedule on uh, on the lab, combatfightsports.com. It's a full schedule. They have anything there that can accommodate your wishes. They're running a savage program of physical conditioning. What a schedule. They open at 5 o'clock in the morning and go right to the 9 o'clock at night, seven days a week. Oh. Don't, don't, don't be telling yourself you can't make it. You don't have the time. Make the time. My class is a, uh, is Friday at 345. It's called the Executive Hour. But you know what? Uh, there's got to be something out for you. Get out there better yourself a little bit. Just test yourself. No See what dumb. you can do. Test yourself. You're not going to go in there. With, with that, your biggest opponent is going to be yourself. You get through that door, you got you, 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 you're so much better then than you were an hour before. Absolutely. Once I'll tell you what. Once I'm healed up, one of the one of the stops on my calendar is going to be the executive hour. I got to come down. I can't and, wait for oh. you. We're going to have a spot reserved for you right there. Right Love there. it. Love it. Guys, do me a favor. What we what else we got going on? I know Professor Ben Murphy's working on it. We're going to have an Instagram page soon for uh, <laughs> for our buddy John Burke, MMA. Guys, we're going we're to make sure that we uh, get that, and I'll make sure I share it over on uh, King.Hap. I want to give one last quick shout-out to everybody. First, Beantown Bad Boy got the uh, all the packages of swag out. Uh, guys, 15 packages of swag went out on the uh, holiday weekend. Guys, thank you so much for the purchases of the Happy Hour swag. We do got the college shirts coming in, guys. Guys, you want them, we're going to be able to get them to you. Also, guys, anything you need, Happy Hour Source Club on Instagram, Beantown Bad Boy on Instagram, or you can hit up your boy, King Hap. John, one last time, brother. Thank you so much for bringing your, uh, bring, coming on the show with me, and thank you so much for being here on the Happy Hour. My we pleasure. really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do, we're going we're gonna to keep John on for one more second because I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to spin a little bit of abyss, and I am going to set everybody free. Do me a favor, guys. Let's enjoy a little bit of version three. Ladies and gentlemen, it is abyss. Good night. I love you. Take it easy, everyone. We will see you next time. Boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A best, best happy hour. Hey, how we doing? There ain't a podcast better. So fall back, yes, sir. Cause we the ones on top. Sports talk, go rock. Come on. Oh, 
Listen to the King Hab. Dude with the big stats and interviews, bet they hot. Way he connects with guests on spot, top tier, yeah. But you know what's up? It's the happy hour social club. Staff full of friends, so raise that glass till I rent. Taco and beat town bad boy. Speak facts, not hacks like a tabloid. Strong like an asteroid. Other parts they soft like a cat toy. Bring the noise like fans can't. Cranking the volume with ant rants to bear. Group deck, listen. It's us, sports talk, the realest. There ain't a podcast better. So fall back, yes, sir. Cause we the ones on top. Sports talk, go rock.